Welcome to the Refuge Recovery Podcast. Refuge Recovery is a worldwide community of people who are using the practices of mindfulness, compassion, forgiveness, and generosity to heal the pain and suffering that addiction has caused in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. This podcast is for all those interested in and all those already practicing refuge recovery to find freedom from addiction of all kinds. To support this podcast and your refuge recovery, please donate using the link in the show notes. Tonight is the last night in the um, series that I've been doing where we uh, have gone through the whole basic text of the Refuge Recovery book, the first 102 pages, um, where we read it and we discussed it. And then we've gone through all of the guided meditations that we do in the meetings. Um, this is not a Refuge Recovery meeting. This is an offering um, from me, from Refuge Recovery World Services and um, an opportunity to practice and discuss the, the book. Um, and one of the things that I failed to do uh, in the book was uh, put the forgiveness script, the guided meditation for the forgiveness meditation in the, um, the back of the book, uh, which is so interesting because I go on and on throughout the book of the importance of forgiveness. <laughs> and it's such a core part of, the, um, of our practice. And there's a guided meditation in the sort of self-led, but when it comes to the scripts that were created for how to teach it to each other and lead it uh, in the meetings, I, uh, I failed to, to get it in the final edit of the book. So of course, in the meetings we have it because we have it on the website and and uh, all the meetings utilize it. But uh, you'll notice it's not in your it's not in your book in the guided meditations. And I decided to take uh, four weeks to talk about forget forgiveness because I feel like it is um, been such a central part of my recovery. I believe that it is a necessity, such a central part of recovering. And um, so we spent, you know, three weeks ago, we did the overview of the three categories, asking for forgiveness, offering forgiveness, and self-forgiveness. Two weeks ago, we did just um, spending time asking for forgiveness, and we discussed the importance of developing that internal humility um, of taking full responsibility for the harm that we've caused to others and uh, the willingness to make direct amends, both the internal meditative and the external communicative aspect of forgiveness. Last week, we opened up uh, and spent the whole hour uh, offering forgiveness and this, for most of us, very long-term process of letting go of our resentments towards others, the people that have harmed us, the people that we uh, are angry at, that we have ill will, judgment, fear, um, hatred, however it manifests. And of course, these are all long-term practices. And tonight we're going to focus on the third category, which is self-forgiveness and um, training our minds and developing a disciplined practice to come to uh, a place of, of self-forgiveness. My sense is that um, this is a very radical thing to do that very few human beings do. You know, according to the Buddha, um, all living beings, all humanity suffer based on craving and aversion and self-centeredness, that this is the normal state of humanity a state of unease and uh, the word dukkha, suffering. And part of that is because we live with these human minds that remember the pain that we've been through and replay it. And there's that, that survival instinct that wants to avoid it, suppress it, fight or flight. Sometimes we freeze, we get frozen in our pain and our anger. And so to truly have an attitude of compassion and, and forgiveness um, is a really, it's a tall order, 
it's a radical thing and it's it's certainly not a simple decision that anybody can make we can't just decide i'm gonna forgive myself today forever <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna forgive others forever uh one of the core things that we learn and that we're always relearning is the truth of impermanence and uh, even forgiveness is impermanent i mean it's very hard to uh, for most people, in, in my experience, it's very hard to forgive because it's counter instinctual. There's something about anger and hatred that is totally natural and it is a defense mechanism and it is a protective human normal state of mind. I mean, you can think about, have you ever met anybody that was really honest that uh, would claim to not have any resentments? Um, some people say that, but I tend not to believe them. <laughs> I tend to feel that people that don't have some, some anger, some resentments towards themselves or others just haven't really examined their mind very well. <laughs> because upon examination of the human mind, it just clings. So this is part of the good news is that it's not your fault. It's not our fault that we have these long lists of, of resentments. It's not, it's, it's not so personal, um, but it does make life a bit miserable to walk around uh, believing that we should stay angry or that we should hold on to the pain of the past or, or that we should judge uh, and perhaps come to the place where we hate ourselves. Um, I really want to drive that point home. Uh, if you hate yourself, it's not your fault. Your mind is doing that based on the pain that you've been through and the, it's not your fault that your mind has turned it into a critical inner voice of unworthiness or hatred or... Um... We talk about in forgiving others, we talk about separating the actor from the action. And so sometimes when we look at other people, we can see, okay, that, that's an impermanent, per, you know, they've changed, they acted unskillfully, they caused me harm. But of course, they're, that, that's not who they, that's not their identity. Um, but sometimes it's harder to unpack that for ourselves to separate the actor <laughs> me from what I've done because my mind keeps reminding me hey remember what you've done <laughs> remember when you were a junkie and you were lying and you were stealing and you were uh, and remember when you got clean and you continued to lie and steal and you know the, the mind loves to remind us and uh, create a, a identity a fixed view around the experiences, the impermanent actions, attitudes, experiences we've had. So part of self-forgiveness, like all forms of forgiveness, is separating the self, which is a bigger conversation, from uh, our past actions. Coming to understand we are an unfolding process. Uh, what we've done in the past is not our identity. I don't know if this totally fits, but it just comes to mind around, um, you know, we come to understand cause and effect and karma and, and uh, one teacher to Buddhist teacher I was listening to said, if you want to uh, understand your present uh, attitude, uh, you know, uh, present reality, look at your past actions. If you want to understand your future, if you want to know like where what's, what's the future going to be like, look at your present actions. Forgiveness is a pr present action, a present time uh, process of creating, of moving towards a experience, a future uh, where we actually love ourselves where we actually care about ourselves and have mercy and develop an inner attitude of friendliness and, and compassion and, and forgiveness, letting go of the pains of the past. 
couple more things. We'll do a guided meditation in a minute. A couple more things that I think are important. Um, I've said a little bit in the other nights, but that forgiveness doesn't take away our painful memories. In the um, second, um, so second truth inventory, we lead with the question, what are your most painful memories? And how did those painful memories, those painful experiences that we are you know, holding on to remembering, how do they affect our addictions? How do they fuel our addictions? Did they, what was the effect? Forgiveness isn't gonna get rid of our painful memories. But most of us meet our painful memories with anger and hatred. I hate myself for having done that, or I hate them. Forgiveness leads to this level of, oh, wow, that was really painful. That was really unwise, unskillful, un uncompassionate. And uh, seeing ourselves as having been unskillful, it doesn't take away the pain. Um, I think most addicts, uh, my own feeling is most of us become addicts because we're trying to escape pain, create pleasure. But then our addiction becomes painful and we actually cause, you know, that which was originally the solution. Like I'm one of those addicts that's like, you know, I'm grateful for drugs and alcohol because I was so suicidal. I think drugs and alcohol saved my life. I probably would have killed myself if I didn't get started getting loaded when I was a kid. But then I lied and I stole and I cheated and I caused all this harm and all this negative karma behind my drug addiction. So what was the solution became the problem as you know, and all of us in one level or another have some story around that, some experience. When I started doing um, forgiveness practice, I said the other night that it took me about 10 years to really forgive others, to fully get into a place of forgiveness of others. When I started doing forgiveness pro practice, I, I had so much judgment and self-hatred towards myself. Um, I had a hard time even in any level of sincerity saying, uh, Noah, I forgive you. And I just had so much resistance and it felt so vulnerable and weak and, uh, and I felt so undeserving of it. At one point, uh, one of my teachers said, well, when did you become, at what point in your life <laughs> did you become undeserving of love? Was it when you were born? Was it when you were two? Was it when you were five? Was it, how old were you when you no longer deserved your own kindness? Something like that. And I said, I don't, I don't know. He said, well, think of yourself as, how about when you were a kid? And I said, yeah, well, I think I was, you know, I was, I was just, I was just a kid. I was innocent, you know? Um, and he said, well, think of yourself as a kid and start forgiving that two-year-old or three-year-old or start thinking of that kid and sending forgiveness to that two-year-old that's worthy of kindness and compassion. And, and then to the five-year-old and then to the seven-year-old and then to the, and let yourself sort of do that internal maturing of learning to love those younger parts of yourself and forgive you know, those younger parts of yourself. And so I did it. I took a picture and I encouraged, you know, it's my experience, but I encourage people to do this. I took a picture of myself at about two years old and I put it on the altar where I meditated. And I'd look at it and I'd say, you know, Noah, I forgive you. And I, and I could start to feel a, a sincerity and a friendliness towards that child. And then the five-year-old that's suicidal and then the seven-year-old that's getting loaded and then the 10-year-old that's getting arrested and then the 15-year-old that's locked up and, and all of those different levels of seeing how my pain, uh, my, uh, you know, 
turn to addiction, turn to self-destructive behaviors, all the consequences, all the karma that I created for myself. And so forgiveness as a developmental, self-forgiveness as a developmental process. I don't talk about this that much in the book, although I might mention a little bit sometimes useful to uh, reflect on ourselves as children when it comes to self-forgiveness. And you have to find out for yourself, maybe you're at a place, you've been in this for a while, you've been doing it, and the adult here and now is the appropriate recipient of your forgiveness. Do you know, if you can do it for yourself here and now, do it. If you feel so much resistance like I did, try this trick <laughs> of thinking of yourself as a kid. We can't force forgiveness. So uh, that phrase, as much as I can in this moment, we say to ourselves in meditation, I forgive you as much as I can in this moment. Now there's this weird, like kind of tricky piece when you're meditating and you're, you're the object of your meditation. Do you say, I forgive you? <laughs> or do you say, please forgive me? Like who's talking to who in here? <laughs> So you can play with that in your own practice. I forgive myself. You can visualize yourself at any part of your life and you can say, I forgive you. And, you know, I forgive you for being an addict and I forgive you for, uh, you know, all of the unskillful behaviors, the dishonesty. You can, I, and I, can, I forgive the, the actor in all of those different incarnations we've been through including the one that we're in right now as the recovery person that still needs forgiveness, <laughs> that we're still judging, that we're still not always kind to. I also like in self-forgiveness to like do, um, like I think of my mind not as who I am, but I have to live with my mind. And so I like to actually take my mind as the object of my forgiveness, saying to my mind, I forgive you. Because my mind criticizes and judges and compares and lusts and fears and all of the stuff that the human mind does and it sucks to live with it some of the time. And so, and so, so sometimes I, you know, like I think most of us end up getting a bit resentful towards your self towards your mind. And so actually taking your brain, your judging brain, your critical brain and saying, I forgive you. You know, the terrible uh, thing is like, our brain is actually trying to protect us with all of those criticisms. It's doing a shitty job. <laughs> you know, the way that the mind compares and judges and do I fit in and do people love me and all of those self-centered thoughts that we suffer about is a survival instinct. It's not your fault, it's not personal, uh, but it's so unpleasant to live with sometimes, isn't it? I mean, really uh, tough to bear at times. So we just say it and we say as much as I can in this moment, and even if you don't mean it, that's okay. Um, even if you don't feel it, that's okay. Eventually you will. And eventually you'll come to, if you do this practice sincerely, you'll come to a place where most of the time you're able to uh, forgive yourself. And knowing that you still have the karma of your actions, forgiveness isn't a get out of jail free card. Uh, knowing that it's still healthy to regret the ways that we act unskillfully. Um, but an attitude of forgiveness will come. And I got to tell you, it's so much better. <laughs> it's so much better to live a life where we have the skill of forgiving ourselves. Because really, when we truly forgive ourselves, what remains is uh, loving kindness, is compassion, is uh, appreciating 
uh, your good qualities, uh, while still, you know, having compassion for how difficult it is to be a human addict, trying to recover, uh, trying to wake up, trying to get free. I hope all of that makes sense. I'm sure I missed some things, but I want to meditate with you and I've been going on and we got a late start. So find a way to sit that's upright and relaxed. Allow your eyes to be closed. Just take a moment to release any unnecessary tension. Soften your belly, jaw, shoulders. And just begin saying to yourself, I forgive you as much as I can in this moment. Breathe it in to the heart center. See how it feels. Are you open to it, to your own forgiveness? I forgive you as much as I can in this moment. And you can name some of the things that are difficult that you judge, that you suffer about. I forgive you for feeling unworthy, less than. I forgive you for being so critical, this judging mind. I forgive you as much as I can in this moment to yourself. And feel free to think back on an earlier time in your life. Think about the kid, the adolescent, the teenager. Some of the traditional phrases, I forgive you for all of the ways that I've caused myself harm, both intentionally and unintentionally, through my actions, my words, my thoughts. Sending forgiveness, inclining the mind towards forgiveness, the heart, Breathing it in. And the mind wanders off into story, maybe plans or memories or resistance. Just come back to the next phrase, slowly repeating over and over. The core of it is I forgive you as much as I can in this moment. And you can play with switching it up and saying, please forgive me as you think of yourself as a kid. 
spend some time just sending forgiveness to your mind. What are the difficult parts of your brain? Tendency towards inflation or deflation, towards anger or fear, doubt or worry, craving. Forgive the craving mind, the judging mind. Forgive the addict. And forgive yourself for taking it all so personal. Forgive that self-centered tendency, that part of us that becomes so identified with what our thoughts and feelings are. I forgive you for taking it all so personally, for believing these untruths, these ignorant thoughts that enter my head, I forgive you for believing in them. All of the ways our minds lie to us. And include your heart if you feel of that your emotional being is a bit separate from your mind, the wounded heart, the broken heart. So often we end up becoming defended, armoring the heart, trying to avoid further pain, betrayal, loss. and forgiveness to your heart, to your emotions. It's safe to let down the walls now. I forgive you as much as I can in this moment. And send forgiveness to this body, this physical body that craves pleasure, hates pain. This body subject to sickness and aging and death. I forgive you. We so often judge our bodies, not looking the way we think they should, not feeling as energetic. Send forgiveness to this poor old body that's been carrying you around all these years. I forgive you.
expand to the understanding that there is nothing unforgivable about you, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you. We have the karma of all of our actions as does everyone else. We don't have to hate ourselves or anyone else. We can learn to forgive, we can learn to love, to care about each other, to care about ourselves. All of the harm that we caused in our lives was out of our own confusion and ignorance. Forgive yourself for having been so confused that you lied, that you stole, that you hurt yourself and you hurt others. Have mercy on yourself. I forgive you as much as I can in this moment until you mean it, until you feel it, until you believe it. For the last couple of minutes, use your own first name. Say your name in your mind to personalize it, because it's not. Let it land, say your first name and I forgive you. As much as I can in this moment, over and over, saying your own name. I forgive you as much as I can in this moment to the mind, the heart, the body, to the past, 
through all of the ways that we've been confused, all of the dead ends that we've sought happiness in. And when you're ready, allowing your eyes to be open, bringing attention back, moving around, stretching. It's a process, um, whatever you, you know, take a moment to just reflect on just what happened and, and you know, how sincere you were able to be. Um, and also just to reflect on, does it feel pleasant to say this to yourself? Is there a part of you that's just kind of like finally <laughs> given ourselves permission? Uh, or is there a lot of resistance, you know? And there's a lot of like, this is bullshit. Um, Whatever your experience is, you know, with all of the meditative experience, we're trying not to judge it. Uh, I want to be clear that there's no right way or wrong way to feel about forgiveness. We are trying to uh, move towards being able to sincerely um, offer this to ourselves, to really being able to say it and receive it and mean it. Um, my experience was that it took me a long time to get there. And so you, you, you'll have your own time schedule, your own process with that. Some of you have probably been doing these practices for some years already. And um, hopefully have had some good success with it. Some of you uh, are probably a bit newer to it. So um, does the perspective makes sense? Does the technique make sense? Any questions about uh, any aspect of what I've said so far? And uh, I was a little discombobulated by trying to get onto the YouTube thing earlier. So I'm sure I missed something. So feel free to uh, ask and or remind me. We have a few minutes for discussion. If you'd like to participate, you can raise your hand by uh, clicking on the participants down at the bottom of the participants. There is a uh, kind of place where you can raise your hand. Uh, your little blue hand will go up. That way I can see that you're wanting to ask a question or you could put it in the chat. See a couple of... Uh, someone's asking about a script for that meditation. Um, that meditation doesn't have a script. There is a script for the all three categories. It's on the refugerecovery.org website where we go through uh, asking for forgiveness, bringing to the mind the people that we have um, harmed, asking for forgiveness, bringing to mind the people that we resent that have harmed us, offering forgiveness, and then doing this kind of practice for ourselves. But there's not a separate self-forgiveness meditation. Um, I'm about to uh, try to uh, get the publisher to allow us to edit and uh, kind of redo uh, a second edition to Refuge Recovery. Um, so maybe we'll put it in the second edition, just you know, break these into three different practices. I find it useful to sometimes just focus on myself or just focus on others rather than always doing all three categories. So any questions, comments, clarifications? I know you have some. I know it wasn't that clear. I know this is also kind of hard stuff to talk about um, for some of us. Dora, please jump in. Hi, this is sort of a combination of last week. Um, I wanted to ask, do I need to um, 
make amends, maybe it was the week before, to people that um, I harmed before I became sober. I mean, before I even started drinking. Do I need to do that? And then this meditation sort of seems to speak to that a little bit. If I'm forgiving myself, then I don't feel so much like I need to um, make amends to people that I harmed before my addictive behavior started. Does that make sense? It does, but um, I don't know. Let me just ask you a question. Why wouldn't you want to make amends to everyone? Uh, sorry. Yeah. I asked myself that same question. Uh, I was, you know, 12 or 17 or 20, and I don't know where any of those people are now, but, um, so I, I'll stick around for more information. I'm just not sure how to proceed. Right. Well, a, a different question. I mean, I think more like kind of looking at I mean, I, maybe it was the wrong question. <laughs> like, why would we, you know, I, I said, why would you, why wouldn't you want to? And I get like, there's a part of all of us is like, I don't want to make amends to anybody ever. <laughs> and uh, because it's uncomfortable, right? Like going and admitting like, hey, I hurt you in this way. And it's so awkward. And uh, especially when it was like, hey, when I was 12 years old and I ripped you off or I lied to you or they're like hey that was fucking 50 years ago what are you like so it's awkward I get that that resistance to doing it I think the biggest piece Dora is willing not that we're gonna go and find all of our childhood friends and say hey I'm sorry I didn't invite you to that sleepover in 1975 <laughs> you know but that willingness of like, hey, if I ran into that person um, as part of my recovery, sometimes it is just internally. Um, but I, uh, I felt like, and I'm I'm such an extremist, but I felt like I want to make amends to everybody that I can. I want to get as free as possible. And if you're telling me that part of my freedom is cleaning up the wreckage of my past, I'm gonna do it. You know, and I, like you, had a bunch of uh, pre-addiction wreckage, too. Like, when I was a kid, I used to break into the neighbor's house before I had even started getting loaded to steal their cookies. Maybe that was my first drug. And at some point, when I got clean and I was doing my recovery work, I tried to find those neighbors. They didn't live there anymore. But I was willing to go there and be like, you know, you guys had that... Um, they had that one of those electric pianos or automatic pianos that was so fucking cool. It played the boogie woogie and all this weird shit. And I like break into their house when they weren't there at like five, six years old and eat their cookies and play their electric piano. And when I was seriously working on my men's list, I was like, I'm going to try to make amends to those people because maybe they knew, maybe they didn't, but I felt like that was part of my process and I wanted to take responsibility for that. It was not okay. Even though I was a kid, still not okay. Um, I knew what I was doing wasn't cool. <laughs> Part of why it was so fun. Thank you. Yeah, so I feel like just, we wanna come to the willingness of like, I'll do anything. They talk about go to any lengths. Let's get that kind of freedom. Uh, I wanna, I'll, you know, what do I gotta do? I'll do it. I want to stay sober. I want to recover. I want to be happy. I want to be free. Not on my terms, but on like that, just that, that willingness. Now that doesn't mean that you, you know, have to um, track down everybody from when you were 12 years old, but you can try. Facebook is, you know, it's one of the only good things about Facebook. <laughs> is that you can find people <laughs> uh, if you want to. Or at least I can make the list. There, that's where the willingness starts. The list, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Patty. Hi, Noah. Um, I ended the meditation with saying that I am forgiven. And... I feel like it's just, I think you said it before, like you're always forgiving, you're always constantly forgiving. Like, cause I'm, 
I forgave myself for what I did last week, but something will happen. So I have to learn to forgive again and forgive them and forgive her. And, you know, it's just like, so that's the practice and um, I'm up for it. So it's been doing really good so far. So thank you. Welcome. Nice to see you. And I like that. Um, make it your own. You know, like I'm saying, you know, these phrases and there's some other, but like make it in that kind of spontaneous, I am forgiven. If that lands well, use that. Um, I will share that my own, um, I have some internal resistance to the difference between what Buddhist practices usually are, which are aspirational practices. Uh, like saying as much as I can, or like the may I be, um, which is different than um, what are those? Uh, uh, when you kind of just say, I am, I am, I forgive, I am forgiven. Everyone forgives me, <laughs> you know, uh, because then sometimes I, I have this own feeling of like, is it um, true? And I want my meditation practice to be true. And so when it comes for, for me, uh, I forgive, I don't want, I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable in the process saying, I forgive myself totally. Cause there's that part of my mind that's like, no, you don't. You're still a bit attached to some of those judgments. So as much as I can in this moment feels like that kind of uh, humble aspiration and make it your own everybody make it your own say the phrases that resonate with your heart nice to see you patty jesse jump in there okay this is going to sort of sound like a stupid question but uh i i sort of just wondered if you could like talk a little bit about like what forgiveness means it's a word that like everybody thinks they know what it means but i was sitting here saying it to myself and i was like what am i really saying you know, like, does this mean I'm not mad anymore? Does this mean that I, I have let go? And uh, being that it's like this continual ongoing thing, we let go and then we grab onto it again. And then we let go and then we grab on. Uh, or does it mean that um, <laughs> I sort of started to go down that rabbit hole? You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you can look in a dictionary, but like, I wonder if you could just like. I feel like. What does it mean? I, I feel like you pointed to it. It means letting go of anger about what has happened in the past. It's letting go of anger. It's not getting rid of the pain. It's letting go of that extra level of judgment, anger, ill will, hatred, fear that we cover our pain with. Like something painful happened and now I'm I have a resentment, I'm holding on to it. And forgiveness is letting go of that extra layer of clinging and, you know, which is usually, usually anger. It's some form of, uh, I'm angry at you. I'm angry at myself. I hate myself. Forgiveness is, I let go of that extra layer of hatred. I still have the painful, memories. I still have some regret. Like regret is healthy. Forgiveness isn't going to get rid of regret. When we've been unskillful, you've, you've maybe heard me, I like to say, uh, you know, people that have no regret for the past <laughs> are not enlightened. They're sociopaths. <laughs> you know, regret is a healthy emotion. It's feeling sad, feeling remorseful, feeling that is healthy when we have hurt other people, when we've been unskillful. So we forgive ourselves for being so confused that we were unskillful, but we still regret it and we just don't have to hate ourselves for it. So it's that, it's letting go of that extra layer of anger, hatred, resentment on top. Judgment, when I say judgment, that's why I like to use the term unskillful because judgment, you know, is good or bad. Like, well, I did these things, so I'm bad rather than I've done unskillful things. I'm not a bad person. I was just a confused, 
suffering, ignorant uh, person. And I let that spill out onto other people. I lied, I stole, I cheated, I whatever I did. It's not because I'm bad, it's because I was suffering and I didn't know how to contain it. So it spilled out onto everyone that came around me. I was unskillful, I didn't have the skills yet. So we forgive ourselves by letting go of that extra layer of anger and judgment. I hope that's, I don't know what the dictionary definition is either. Something like that, letting go of past hurts. Um, Jeremy, jump in. Hey Noah, um, I just had a question about, let's see, and, and I may be overthinking this. Um, you know, you talked about when you do your <clears throat> forgiveness meditation and you, you've done it in the past and you put a picture of your younger self as a child in front of you when you do that. And, you know, I was picturing myself doing that as, as a child, but it, my question is, and maybe you can elaborate, is it, is it me forgiving my younger self or is it my younger self forgiving me presently? <laughs> so maybe you can help me on that. I've had that same question. Um, I started by doing it by saying, I forgive you. And it's sort of like, I forgive you for not knowing how to hold your pain and that it would become violence and addiction. And so for me, when I was seeing that two-year-old, I was saying, I forgive you because you're just like this suffering kid. And this suffering kid is gonna become suicidal and is gonna become violent and is gonna become criminal and drug addict and, you know, um, and I forgive you for being that kid that didn't know how to hold his pain because kids don't, right? Like not your fault, but that kind of generating that feeling of forgiveness, then I could take it to when I was really acting out later when the five-year-old was getting expelled, from, you know, like the fifth grader getting expelled and all of those different painful ways that, that uh, my suffering manifested, starting with that early part where I'm just saying, I forgive you. Uh, and it, there is this sort of feeling of like, it's going to be okay. There is a place for that other, I think, um, there is a place for that other form of, as an adult, when we still have that young part of ourselves that's still throwing temper tantrums, still kind of uh, running the show sometimes, where then the adult can say like, uh, please forgive me for not taking better care of you to that younger part, please, you know, where it can shift as you're saying to like, please forgive me for, you know, just giving you vodka <laughs> instead of love, you know? Um, so it, it can be both and if that makes sense. Thank you. Uh, Galen, maybe last one. Yeah, thank you. Um, so my question's a little bit dark. I hope it's not too heavy, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, so I think generally speaking, from, in my mind, the motivation to practice this kind of forgiveness and self-forgiveness is people want to kind of clean up their mess so they can move forward in life so that things can get better. But I think we can imagine a person who feels deep down that they've ruined their lives and that things can't get better. And we can imagine that such persons might not be ready to shift that narrative right now. So my question is, what is the motivation for such a person to practice forgiving themselves? And how can they sustain the effort to do so? Um, I don't, I don't know if I can answer. I don't, I don't know. That's uh, the way that you're asking the question makes it sort of hard to, to answer. Um, I, I don't I don't know how to answer it, Galen. I don't know if you know the story about um, Angulimala. This is the Buddhist, like the kind of the worst Buddhist. The you know the uh, Angulimala in the time of the Buddha was a serial killer. He had murdered, ritually murdered a whole bunch of people, and then became a Buddhist. And he, uh, he actually tried to kill the Buddha, but the Buddha 
converted him somehow rather than getting killed by him he he, he was going to try to murder the buddha and the buddha um siddhartha uh taught him and said i see your pain and i you know there's and and i can teach you how to heal i see that this murder that this confusion that this uh is coming out of your 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 confusion your suffering your ignorance and there was a you know it was the bottom for him and he listened and he uh he became a monk and all through that pro you know because i could put him in that scenario that you're thinking about like you could imagine after killing all those people you'd feel like i'm unforgivable i'm you know how could i how could i ever forgive myself how could i even get motivated to forgive myself uh, I think part of that story is that he had this wonderful teacher that outside of himself, and that, that's, I think that that's part of it for a lot of us in, in addiction and recovery. We, we, someone inspires us. We see someone who's like, whoa, that person used to do, you know, you hear your story in a meeting and, you know, you're like, wow, that person used to do the shit that I did and used to feel a way about themselves that I feel about myself. And they seem like they've recovered, like they've healed, and that inspires us. So maybe that's part of this, like, he meets the Buddha, and the Buddha's like, you can heal, man, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad your karma is, you don't have to keep living this way. You can recover, even from murder. And he lives his life with the Buddha, and all kinds of terrible shit happens to him. He is because of the karma. People are attacking him and, you know, he's getting beaten. And it was also presented in the stories of like, he's got terrible luck, like bad shit. He like, we just like walking by and boulders fall on him and shit like that because of all of the karma that he has from his actions. And he's going to the Buddha beaten and bruised and, you know, losing. Uh, uh, he's like, it's, they're going to kill me. My karma is going to kill me. And the Buddha every time just says to Angulimala, uh, you have to bear it. This is the purification of your karma. And if you want the freedom, if you want the awakening, the forgiveness, like we can forgive ourselves, but it doesn't mean we don't still have the karma of our actions. We own that shit. And so, you know, there was this, he's like, Anyways, I hope that story, I don't know if it's quite there, but it is a kind of traditional Buddhist story that might not be true at all. It might be one of those archetypal stories that's just no matter how far down the scales our life has gone, we can recover, we can heal. Even a serial killer could get enlightened. And at the end of Angulimala's life, he becomes an arahan. He wakes up full purification of his karma because he worked his ass off for it. And so first we have to have that hope, that kind of like, wow, like if it's possible, uh, I want to, I want to, you know, do it. It doesn't totally talk to that place where you can't motivate someone else to do it. It has to come from within, right? You have to want to do it. I have to want to do it. Each one of us has to make that decision. I wanna get free. I wanna recover, I wanna, and if you really wanna recover, forgiveness is gonna be part of the process. I didn't even talk that much about it tonight and I know we're out of, ta out of time, but um, you know, I feel like forgiveness is relapse prevention. If you don't forgive yourself and you keep hating yourself, you're gonna get loaded. You gotta forgive yourself to stay clean whatever that means to you, whether it's process addiction or substances or, you know, in order to get free, we've got to learn to love ourselves and to let go of hating ourselves. And it's possible. And it might take years, <laughs> but it's possible. Anyways, I hope that's helpful. I don't know if I really got there or not. Thank you all. Um, I'm going to leave it there and we're going to take a break from this Thursday night class. I think we'll continue it in the new year. We got to sort of figure out. And if you have uh, requests of what you would like to see me do, 
um, for these Thursday night classes. Maybe I'll go back through the book again. Maybe I'll do some other stuff, but I'm, I'm willing. Um, but also I just want to break for the holidays. So uh, enjoy and um, thanks for tuning in. Many merit that comes from tonight's class and this whole nine month series of Thursday night classes be offered outward in all directions. May together we uh, create a refuge uh, in refuge recovery. May we uh, open the doors to all that seek recovery and may we each commit to being of service and uh, to making sure that this process uh, is available to all who seek it. So thank you. And uh, if you care to leave a donation, please do. Um, there's a link in the chat for donations. And uh, I see some requests to go through the book again. Maybe I will. See you guys next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Refuge Recovery Podcast. To learn more about our program of recovery and to connect with others on the Refuge Recovery Path, visit our website, refugerecovery.org, where you will find information, meditations, and links to both in-person and online Refuge Recovery meetings. This podcast is brought to you by Refuge Recovery World Services, a nonprofit created to support our network of refuge recovery groups around the world. Thank you for listening.